0: Six without those many cars. And many cars. force, my friends, is violence,
1: the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you
0: know, there is something very important that we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos, movies make psychos for creators! <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome. This is the Parent's Guide podcast, uh, where we talk about uh, movies with a focus on sex and violence. My name is David Turgay, and we are in season one, which is all about movies from the 1990s. And today we're looking at the movie Batman Returns from 1992, directed by Tim Burton, the famous sequel to the original Batman movie. And I have a guest today, and the guest I have today is uh, Milan Henke, who is, uh, which might be interesting, uh, a former student of mine, uh, who I invited because I know he has an interest in movies, and I know he has always intelligent things to say about movies and stuff. That's why I invited him today. So, hello, Milan.
0: Hello, and thanks for having me over.
1: Yeah, cool. Okay, Um, so before we get into our movie, uh, I have a um, I I try to ask every every guest uh, something uh, because um, I have called this podcast parents guide uh, because, uh, you know, the parents are always worried about what kind of content movies have, especially sexual and violent content, because they are worried that their children might be disturbed by some of this this content. Can you off the top of your head think of any movies uh, whose sexual or violent content have disturbed you in any way?
0: um not necessarily a movie but a tv show that has definitely disturbed me in some way um which i just had it uh, about that with a friend of mine x-factor i'm Ex-Hactor, not sure yes yeah. yeah with jonathan frakes oh yes, yeah of course that yeah. had a couple of episodes with, which really yeah <laughs> they traumatized me quite a bit especially okay. one with the mirror i'm not sure if you know them but no i, I haven't that...
1: i haven't followed that much though but can, can you tell me any specific scene that maybe was stuck in your head
0: yeah, I mean, the whole episode was about this mirror and this woman who's, who saw her dead self in the mirror. It was her, I, I'm not sure about the entire plot anymore. I mean, there was a plot. I only remember that at one point she looks in the mirror and she sees herself uh, uh, dead and like all bruised up and with gushes and everything. And okay. I left that image so clearly in my head. And it, it was terrifying.
1: Do you remember how old you were?
0: um i must have been around 10 i think okay yeah that Maybe sounds disturbing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was okay so it that was, was violent
1: silly. violent content that was disturbing <laughs> to you Yeah, and i mean this was yeah. a tv show so i mean it, it was uh running on tv yeah and so you probably didn't expect that
0: i watched it after school so
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah that's when it when it was on yeah, at least in, in in germany where we both are right now yeah okay yeah right interesting uh that's a that's an interesting example uh, uh
0: I have to return a question. Do you have uh, any show or movie which traumatized you as a kid?
1: Well, my standard example, uh, and I have to see if everyone asks me that question, but it doesn't matter. I I can think of a new example for every episode. Uh, But (laughs) since you are the first to ask, uh, my uh, main um, example would be Jaws, because this this is a movie that traumatized me deeply when I was a kid. I must have seen him when I was like four or five, way too early. Uh, I had nightmares for for weeks, and I think I'm still scared of... um, of of open water of the ocean because of that movie so uh after wow. uh well almost 40 years so that really had a, a traumatizing effect on me especially the moment where you see uh where you see a head popping out of a, of a of a boat with an eye missing that was like that i i dreamed of that every night for a long long time so that was really horrible for me um so yeah and now um, I have a podcast where I talk about violence and movies, so I can make up that whatever you want. Um, but yeah, I, I find that interesting. I just f- find it interesting to talk about like what what influences us or what what you know what 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 is stuck in our heads, like this image. And I can imagine again, like you said, like the image of seeing your dead self in a mirror is is scary. That's a really scary idea, especially if it's if it's rather violent. Interesting.
0: I mean, I'm not afraid of mirrors now, but there are, <laughs> in some situations, I do. Yeah, I'm not afraid of them. But sometimes when it's dark and I'm a little bit cautious, let's, let's put it that way.
1: The image does come back at some point. Yeah,
0: sometimes. Yeah,
1: at inconvenient points. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's that's what <laughs> movies can do. That's their powers, or TV shows, or whatever it is. Especially when they're violent or when the, the content is sexual. We um, yeah. both now found uh, violent examples. I'm sure we could find other examples as well. But we want to get into our movie, and um, before we get into its uh, sexual and violent content, uh, let me also ask you, like, what's your what's your history with Batman Returns? Like, what what meaning does this movie have for you?
0: Yeah, I wrote to you already that it has somewhat of a special place in my heart. I grew up with the 90s movies and also the one from the 80s, Batman, the whole quadrilogy. I only know that uh, Returns is the most important to me because of the music. I don't think it's the best one. I, I can't uh, say that with confidence, but it's memorable for me. So
1: Interesting, yeah. I, I mean, it's a special movie for sure, right? Uh, I mean... Uh... And, and as we slowly get into it, uh, it, it Batman, First Batman was a hugely successful movie. People were waiting for uh, for a follow-up. And most people were really surprised by the follow-up when it came out because it was, uh, and I mean, the First Batman is relatively dark already. It has violent content. It also has sexual content. I will never forget Jack Nicholson talking about wanting to, uh, I don't know what exactly he says, but he wants to have sex. And yeah. I saw that movie in the cinema when I was like nine that really, uh, Disturbed me as well. I didn't expect that, uh, but Tim Burton surprised people by making Batman Returns even darker than the first one. Uh, some uh-huh. people claimed that it was so dark that, uh, that this was one of the reasons why he didn't direct any other Batman movies, uh, because people were kind of shocked by Batman Returns and and its content. So we're talking about uh, Batman Returns again from 1992, directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken, I think, are the main people in this movie. It was a success. It was nominated for two Oscars. It was a big deal anyway, but it was also seen as a kind of disappointment after the first movie for some of the reasons I mentioned already. So to get us into this discussion, uh, what I want to do is I have the uh, parents' guide on IMDb. This is the page where where parents can check which kind of content a movie features. And it also features the ratings this movie gets or got in different countries. And so in the U.S., the the MPAA, so the agency that rates movies, rated it PG-13 for brooding dark violence. The MPAA is great because they have to give their rating a reason and sometimes they are quite creative and brooding dark violence is a very interesting description of this movie. What do you think of that description?
0: I mean, I think just in terms of violence itself, I think first Batman is actually more violent, especially with the Joker scene and mm-hmm. how, uh, he falls in the, the tank and all that. The most violent violent scene I can remember of Returns right now is um, right at the end, uh, Spoilers, where Max Shrek gets electrocuted i mean if i watch it nowadays i think okay because of the the special effects it's not that violent to me but of course if i had watched it back then and with all that was available back then uh yeah definitely very violent okay yeah it's dark Definitely. The whole movie is very dark and it really puts yeah. the gothic in Gotham, I think.
1: <laughs> That's a very good ter- uh, way of describing this movie, yeah. Uh, we get back to that moment, uh, of course, uh, because it's it's a standout moment for sure. I, I find it fascinating to, to say yeah, it has brooding wo- violence, uh, because it makes it sound like the violence is just there all the time. You can feel it, like it, it just waits for you to... Waits to pop out onto you, and and, uh, that's very interesting, very creative uh, description Mm -hmm. by the MPAA. Uh, If we just take a quick look at other countries, uh, in Germany, for example, again, where uh, we both probably watched this movie, it's rated 12, so not that far away from the MPAA, from America, which is not surprising, I think, um, because uh, Germany is relatively strict when it comes to violence, so violent movies are normally rated higher than, uh, for example, movies that have uh, sexual content. And the highest rating I could find is in South Korea and in some other countries, it's rated a 15. So you have to be even older to watch it. There are also different cuts of the movie, so there are different ratings for different cuts, but I think we can ignore that for now. But uh, So um, 15 is the highest rating this movie got in some countries. And the Parents Guide lists 52 items that parents should be warned about when they watch this movie. 52, I can tell you that already, is quite a lot. There are movies that you could think of that are more violent and more sexual, that have less items. Uh, But because it's IMDb, anyone can contribute something. But I think that shows you that parents thought, oh, this is a movie for my kids. And after they watched this movie, they thought, oh, no, what is going on? Uh, Which is probably the reason why it has so many items on the parent's guide. But let's dig into it. I, I wanted to save that question for the end, but in a way you answered it already because I wanted to ask you what you think is the most violent mo- moment in this movie. And you mentioned uh, Max Shrek's death. And what exactly do you think makes this the most violent m- moment in this movie?
0: Just uh, the graphicness of it. You, you don't see a lot of, uh, of wounds and stuff like that in the movie. Um, so this is, the, I think, the most graphic scene in terms of disfiguration and all that. Mm-hmm. Um mutilation The other scene I could. Well, let's uh, stay with that of... scene
1: for a second. Let's let's before we, okay. before we move on, let's talk about this one because uh, yes, uh, when I rewatched this movie, I was surprised by that. I was actually surprised because you see him electro being electrocuted, which is something you can see in movies. You know, that's a normally a relatively harmless death that is used because it's not so graphic. But then later, that man uh, Bruce Wayne finds his corpse, and it's yeah. like. It's a really shocking image, like his black face and with the eyes and everything. It's really, really shocking. And it comes, as you said, almost all the way at the end of the movie when you don't expect that violence anymore because you, you think you know how this movie deals with violence. And this is quite shocking. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I, was, I was really surprised by that. Um, this is something I wouldn't have want my... I, I don't think I would have want my kids to, to see that uh, without preparation. Okay. Any other contender you have for the most violent mo- moment?
0: Um, I think the second one would be uh, when Michelle Pfeiffer gets uh, pushed out the window by Christopher Walken. That's it's also very a very brutal. interesting
1: moment, because if you describe that to someone, someone is pushed out of the window, it doesn't sound violent, right? It sounds like, okay, someone falls out of the window. Okay, that's bad. But, you know, you can imagine this being relatively harmless. But if you watch the movie and you see how how it's dealt with, how intense this scene is, and it's a key scene, of course, of the movie, because it's uh, it leads to her transformation. Like she's falling for a long time. We hear her scream. We hear like she's falling through like cloth on and yeah. on, like, like like on of the roof and you hear the sound every time she hits something yeah. again and again and again. It's really it's really tough. it's not it's not played for laughs or it's not comical in any way. It's not cartoon violence, and that's I think what makes it. Yeah, again, as I said, quite intense.
0: And that I think is interesting. What I think makes this scene uh, quite disturbing to me is beforehand, there's some suspense if Selena yes. Kane, I think. Kyle, is yeah. Selena Kyle, Kyle, yeah, right. Kyle, even gets killed or not. Uh, there's this moment where um, Max Shrek jokes about it, and then he's like, no, I would never do that, and then does it. And, yes. and that's really shocking, Yeah, for, uh, for one thing. And uh, the other thing I would uh, like to address. Is you said something about um, it's not comical or anything in that way, mm-hmm. and that's uh, the first uh, the first impression I had when watching the movie uh, yesterday. I rewatched it. The violence in the beginning is dealt with re- really like in a comical sense. It's not taken too serious. Uh, you have these clowns and stuff, and the violent mo- moments like Batman hitting someone or something mm-hmm. um, is often used as comedic relief. And in that scene, it's definitely different. It's not, yes. com- like you said, it's not comical at all. It, it's a turning point, yeah.
1: And I think it speaks to uh, how seriously the movie takes Selena Kyle as a character. Like, the movie cares about her uh, her fate, I think, a lot. And uh, it shows how she is mistreated. And I think this scene shows that really, really well. And, and like, like you said, and there are other violent mo- moments when, when Batman beats up goons and so on. But yes, this moment feels different. You know, this is really a big, important Turn of events that is happening here, and you're right because it is disturbing. Before already, when Max Shrek is joking ch- about killing her, like he's not saying like, "Oh no, I would never do anything to." You. He's like saying, "Oh, I would never kill you or push you out of the window or something." And it, and then he does it. And I think the scene is also enhanced by what happens afterwards because she appears dead. Like we have to believe she's dead, but then she comes back to life because well, it's a bit hard to say, right? Cats come and it yeah. seems like the cats are chewing on her, right? Which is yeah. also kind of disturbing. And even more disturbing because, like, this is what makes her this superhero, that Catwoman. It's also a, a kind of violent act that turns her into this super being. So it's like she's, she's, her old identity ended with violence, but her new identity is also based on kind of violence, different violence because it's animals.
0: And I think that's somewhat of a recurring theme in Batman. Like, you have Two Face with his scar mm-hmm. here. You have uh, the Joker with the tank, depending on which origin story, of course. But there's always something, um, I mean, it's in, in many superhero movies, that's the thing. And there's always something terrible, which gives us these great powers. Yeah,
1: right. Of course, right? Batman himself is defined by violence, of course, right? That's that's what a part of what makes him a superhero. And I don't know, I don't want to move on uh, too, too quickly. But of course, like, Batman is also known for not using guns, right? Normally, I mean, again, we have different iterations. And in some iterations, he does, we can come back to, to Catwoman. But when I think of violent moments that surprise me in this movie, and the ones you mentioned are up there, of course, but I was kind of surprised how violent Batman sometimes gets in this movie. You're right. Sometimes he just beats up uh, like those clowns or he just like uh like hits them and punches them, which is like typical comic book cartoon violence. And then he like he sets one of them on fire and drives oh, yeah, away. Right. And that I was you know, right like oh, well, yeah. this man will definitely die. Like he would burn alive. <laughs> yeah. And later in the movie, he meets this big, uh, strong clown who has a bomb, and he stra- straps the, bo- the bomb on him and throws him down, and it explodes. So we know he just killed this man as well. He was, <laughs> he exploded by a bomb, and he doesn't even like flinch. He doesn't care about this at all. So we see Batman c- committing violence in this movie, like quite a- intensely too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's also one of the things with Batman, which. Uh, people in the community joke about a lot that you have these other superheroes and it's always about like, um, okay, uh, we cannot kill anyone. We, violence is in most ways allowed, but um, killing them is too much. Um, but Batman is this kind of exception too. And also I think there's a lot of moments also in other superhero movies where mm-hmm. you can definitely say that people died there. And just because there's no light shed on it uh, doesn't mean that everyone turned out fine.
1: Okay, now let me let me ask you because I don't I, I just don't want to uh, describe the violent moments in this movie, uh, which is fun, of course, in a way, but I also <laughs> want to think about. And I think you raised that question just by what you said. Like, Batman is our hero. Catwoman is also. I mean, she's a bit more difficult because she's like half a hero. We see her as a as a victim, as we just explained. Uh, she also um, commits violence. So, what do you think is the role of violence? Like, for, for the audience, should we think that it's okay that Batman just kills people? What do you think?
0: I think that's a tough one actually because like I said in the beginning it feels like almost comically but like I said in other moments and I think most of the film it doesn't feel comically at all. What exactly is the message there? Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Because the question of course is like he stops people from committing violence and of course as always and this is I think an, an interesting question for superheroes in general does violence justify violence? I mean strictly speaking superheroes are uh, vigilantes. So people who take the law in their own hands, right? Which is something that we as a society uh, don't accept, right? Vigilantes are not okay. People, we will uh, say, no, we have laws and we have the police and so on. And at the same time, we celebrate superheroes who are nothing else but vigilantes, who are only vigilantes because they have powers that make them like, yeah, like like uh, I mean, we say in German, and but it's, uh, it's used in English too, right? There's a reason that when you talk about superheroes, you you mention uh, people mention Nietzsche and the concept of the yeah. Übermensch. Batman, is, of course, does not have a superpower, but he's rich. He has all these gadgets, and he takes it himself uh, out the responsibility to just go out and like beat up criminals, and sometimes, as we see in this movie and in other movies, kills them. He just kills them, and there's no police. He will not like he's not accused, and I find that interesting. Because we are supposed to identify with him, of course.
0: And the people of Gotham as well. Yeah, they of course. Also want to. And that's also um, an issue in the film that um, it's fine as long as he's doing it for them. But um, suddenly when Batman is the threat, they turn on him really quickly.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's true, right? That's part of the story, right? Is that uh, he's framed for <laughs> for committing violence and suddenly it's not yeah. okay anymore, right? And of course, uh, I-, I think this movie uh, gets uh, goes deeper into the... The darker shades of what violence is okay and what isn't, and some of the other stories about Batman. But it's still, it's a really, I think it's such a difficult question that most superhero movies don't answer. Like, um, why do we accept superheroes committing violence?
0: Yeah. Like, we Um, are more
1: accepting of superhero violence than we are police brutality, for example.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Even in superhero movies, I think. Yes. Or I'd argue. Um, And also, we've seen over the years now that, or in the last few years, that superhero movies and the fans of them have become a little bit more reflective and I think also bored of the regular um, superhero tropes um, we see that because shows like um, uh, Invincible or um, The Boys get, uh, get more and more famous nowadays mm-hmm. and I think also in, uh, we also see change in um, the Marvel movies as well but not all of that is great of course, we can argue about that <laughs> And in the voice as well, um, violence is, uh, is a very important factor and the show is filled with violence. And, mm-hmm. um, but what we also see is that um, what happens when the superheroes turn on you and turn on society. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting.
1: It is interesting. Um, I I think we actually talked about that in the past, that uh, The the Boys is something I did not like because the violence was a little bit too much for me already. And I I just couldn't keep watching it because I thought if you even if you have a comment on violence, I don't like how the violence is portrayed. But we Mm -hmm. don't want to discuss The Boys because I'm sure many people, whoever is listening, will be upset by this because I know it's a beloved show. But um I I think it's interesting that you say recently people become more reflective. Um I think actually with the Marvel movies or the, the big comic movies and superhero movies, I don't think that's really true. I think it's they kind of avoid the topic more or less mm-hmm. or just hint at it. And I, and when you say that I can I can't help myself and and mention that um Alan Moore in Watchmen in 1986 discussed the, the topic as, as I I would say as good as you can. And that's like a long time ago by now. And I don't think even if people have thought about this and wrote about this and comics have changed and some comics deal with that and some comic book movies deal with that. In general, I would argue that it's still the same thing, mostly that we have superheroes who can do whatever they want. And this is what we celebrate. You know, when 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 kids, and I include my kids, you know, wear, wear a T-shirt with Spider-Man or Captain America or or even Batman. They don't know about that. They just think, oh, this is a hero. He can do whatever he like. I want to be a hero too. So the basic story has not changed at all, I think. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we. I, we I, continue I, I, this is,
1: is a very interesting discussion, um, yeah. but I don't want to forget our movie. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think there's something, um, and this is why I, I liked your choice of Batman Returns. Um, I, I have mm-hmm. mentioned in the beginning, this was your choice because the guests decide which movie we talk about. Um, and I thought, yeah, it is interesting because of that aspect, because how do comic and superhero stories deal with violence? Um, especially because, as I said in the beginning, they are uh, intended for a, a broad audience or in a way even for kids, right? its I mean, this is something that has changed, the idea that comic book stories or superhero stories are only for kids. I think we have learned by now that this is not true. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the biggest franchise ever. Um, but of course, in 1992... Um, this was different because comic book movies were not a thing. Like Batman, Batman Returns were the exceptions back then. And this is why Batman Returns was so shocking. So uh, this is how I uh, gently glided us back to uh, our main discussion and the violence. We talked a little bit about Catwoman. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Bruce Wayne's violence and I think we and, and about Max I, I I just can never stop loving this name for the villain of this movie. But we haven't talked about um, the other villain of this movie, uh, which is uh, Oswald Koppelpot, also known as Penguin, of course. Yeah, right. How would you you say uh, is his um, depiction of, well, how he uses violence?
0: Naturally, I'd say. uh, Violence is something absolutely natural for him, Mm -hmm. which I think um, adds to the point that he's supposed to be this outcast and he doesn't Mm -hmm. really know how society works. And considering how um, the society works and how we see violence Reflected by other members of society, Batman wears a mask when mm-hmm. using violence. Max Strack also—he's um, uh, he, not overtly using violence. It's something he does in secret. With, um, with
1: yeah, just to, to get that point. When he killed Selina Kyle, that's the only time we see him committing violence. Although we learn later that he has killed former partners of his, but of course yeah. he normally doesn't get his hands dirty. Selina is the exception, which is yeah. maybe also a reason why we see it so intensely. Yeah, good point. Yeah.
0: And while, while it is more natural and um, more part of the everyday life in Gotham City to be exposed to violence, I'd say it's, uh, or, yeah. Um, still, um, when uh, uh, Cobble, Cobblepot is his name, right? That's his name, yes. yeah. Mayor um, uses, Cobblepot. Yeah, right, uh, uses violence. It's uh, very different. And also the reactions are very different. Um, mm-hmm. There's this one the- uh, scene where he uh, bites into a nose yeah, of I That's think one of his standout uh, scenes for sure. Yeah, uh, of one of his associates in, uh, in the mayor campaign office, and um, the reactions are rather <laughs> different, let's mm. say, to the other ones.
1: Yes, and it's again, it's a very violent scene, right? It's yeah, very absolutely. unexpected. It's very blood unexpected.
0: Everywhere.
1: Yeah, blood. And, um, and we don't see a lot of blood in this movie, right? Uh, only at times, but here we see plot. He bites this man's nose, fully unexpected. It's a complete surprise for him, for us. And, uh, and everyone, as you say, reacts uh, differently because they know they can't say anything bad to, uh, to uh, Koppelpot at this point. So it's just kind of accepted that he does this very violent thing. And I think it's interesting what he said that it comes naturally to him because it is like an impulse, right? He, he just attacks this man because he feels like it. And uh, I think what makes the scene also disturbing is that we see him talking to Max Schreck after that incident for a while and we see the blood on his face all the time. So we keep seeing him with this blood on his yeah. face and it seems so normal. He doesn't care that he has a bloody face because he bit someone's nose. He, To him, violence is not a big deal, which I think is, um, to to also get to the point of violence, is something we kind of understand because the movie starts with his origin story. And is also quite disturbing. Maybe a word yeah. I used too much here, but we see him being abandoned by his parents. And the movie opens with his birth. And one of the first things we hear is his mother screaming because she sees her her, her baby. How do you feel about that moment? This opening of of Batman Returns.
0: It's quite telling of the character you're about to see later on. Let's say. It's almost like you get him, you get why he's the way he is. And you also almost like um, when he bites the nose, everyone's so accepting. I think it's almost the same for the viewer. You just uh, you relate the violence um, to his origin because we know his origin. We know um, that his parents tossed him in a, in a river and just left him there to die. And we also see the scene beforehand, though, where he, uh, I think, eats a cat, right?
1: <laughs> at least he kills a cat. That's, yeah, at least for he sure. kills a cat. <laughs> yes.
0: So he, he has been violent before that. It's not just yeah. because, um, I mean, he, he's been in a cage at that point, but uh, we don't know what he did before that, so we don't know why he's in a cage.
1: It, yeah, I think the movie does something interesting, and and maybe it it also kind of avoids uh, a problem, the, the, the because we see his parents do something horrible, which is abandoning him and leaving him to die. Yeah they cannot uh, possibly expect him to survive what they do like tossing him into a river uh, in winter but again as you said we also see him kill a cat as a baby right so it's hard to say like was he born violent and uh, and, and and i mean like disfigured for sure right because that's why his mother screams he's born like a, with this with this penguin body for some reason but then also his parents are horrible and can't love him so it's a, a kind of interesting mixture of both uh, which makes it hard for us to decide, like, who is he? Is he is he something, uh, someone who has to be, that society has to be protected from? Or could he have changed if someone, like, would have taken care of him? I think the movie doesn't really answer that question uh, by giving us both options in the beginning. But still, uh, this opening alone is so so scary in a way, right? It's the least thing you would expect that a Batman movie opens with this.
0: And also... Um, the behavior of the parents also isn't really dealt with a lot. I yes. mean, um, it gets addressed. Um, it's said by, I think, either Max or uh, Oswald that it is a terrible thing that happens. And you almost expect that later in the movie, Oswald will take revenge or something like that because he tries to find out uh, his real name and his parents. But uh, supposedly, it's just about, I don't know, coming to terms and just having the right to be human too and having a human name and not just be the penguin.
1: Yeah, that's true, right? That that is true that the movie also deals with the, these uh, these issues. And the problem is that he is such a violent person, and it's kind of absurd that he is set up as the mayor. Uh, when clearly, as in the, in the nose biting scene, we see, well, this is impossible. He cannot be the mayor. Like it's yeah. clear that he is not up for this. And I mean, before, and it's not like Max Tract doesn't isn't aware of that because. Um, the Penguin confronts him with, uh, with him killing his former partner by giving him the severed hand of his uh, yeah. former partner and not a violent moment, right? You normally don't see severed hands in movies that are like superhero movies or are aimed for kids in one way or another. I mean, we could argue if this movie is actually aimed for kids. Maybe we can just uh, discuss this in the end. But um, again, I think there's more violence in this movie than you would expect.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've seen any of the Batman movies, you know, they're uh, all of them are quite violent. But yeah, also the, the way violence is portrayed, it's different. It's different. And so, yeah.
1: yeah, I think this movie stands out when it comes to to that. Is there any other violent moment that you that, that you can think of that we, we could discuss or should discuss?
0: Not sure if it's that important to discuss it, but it's all, also just brushed over and you don't really see what happens afterwards. It's when the ice queen or princess, i was sure. Oh, yes. Also, it's <laughs> uh, princess, yeah. She also dies from a fall. Um when she, yeah. when Batman can't save her. Actually he doesn't even try actually. Uh also really I don't know, um surreal scene. Mm-hmm. And you also don't see her body or anything. It's just she's probably definitely dead because she, she falls onto the uh, onto the button and it's a really uh steep fall, but yeah. We don't yeah
1: see afterwards this I mean the whole character and the way she's treated is not like I, I think it's something that is not the greatest part about this movie I would argue because she's just like a dumb blonde who dies and no one cares yeah. uh, and she's just like uh just there to so that Batman can be set up or framed and that's all all she's she's there for and um you're right it that that is actually irrelevant right and it's easy to forget about her completely even after you finish the movie because she's not a real character she's just that she's like a prop. And that's how people deal with her, and yeah, her death has no consequence, only for Batman, uh, but for no one else. Um, think, yeah, that's um, a that's a good point.
0: Her character and the depiction of it could be a good foreshadowing to our other topic, which is yes, sex. that's what I want to get to in a second. Uh, I
1: just want to quote from The Parent's Guide because uh, it's often interesting how things are described. And I just want to point out one thing. It's a scene we haven't talked about, which is a perfect segue to our uh, next part of the discussion, which is uh, sex, is when um, Catwoman, uh, she she also becomes a vigilante. And the first thing she does is to stop a rapist from raping a woman, which is also not what you would expect from a movie like that. The Parent's Guide says, it's, this scene is described this way, a character is slashed on the face with blood, but he does not die. Which I find very odd, because she plays tic-tac-toe with his face, if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with this rapist, which is also, that's, which is kind of cartoon violence, but we do see blood. Uh, I don't know why we would think he would die, because again, we don't see that, but the parent's guide thinks, I don't know if that means that it's okay. Or I don't know, it's it's strange. But again, I, I was surprised by this scene as well, because normally you don't see attempted rape unless it's, it's a violent movie already, or a, 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 a movie for adults. But it shows of her, her motivation, which is kind of feminist, I would argue. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Selena Kyle is that right from the start, we see that she's put down by men, right? There's this opening scene where she tries to speak up and they just laugh at her and say, oh, well, all she can do is make good coffee. So it's very clear that because she's a woman, she has nothing to say in this world, right? And she keeps talking about that too, about men and so on and so on. And after she's killed by a man, by Max track what she does is prominently or, or mostly uh, take revenge on men, especially on men who commit violence to women, uh, which I think is, is interesting. Okay, because we started this way, what would you say uh, now to move away from this uh, from violence? What would you say is the most sexual moment in Batman Returns?
0: <laughs> I'd say mostly scenes with um, Selina Kyle, kind of, of yes. course. Which one in particular? I'm not too sure. There are also a couple of innuendos. Um, also between the between Catwoman and the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Which is also might be quite strange to the viewer. I mean, of course, we we, they, we are not one to judge, but
1: I, I was really, really surprised. And again, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. I had seen it in the past. I rewatched it also yesterday, and I was really surprised by how much sexual innuendo is in this movie. How people, yeah. especially Cinea Kyle, constantly talk about sex all the time. It's almost right. like every second line that she utters once she becomes Catwoman has is connected to sex. Which is, but also strangely enough, true for the penguin, which we, maybe we can discuss in a second. So, but now you you thought of something?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, because I also think that's quite important um, for a character. This liberation through sex, mm-hmm. which I think also is a recurring theme in feminism as well yes. and feminist movements throughout the years. Women being able to choose over their own uh, how, how they. Um, live sexually and and that it's also can be a form of liberation sometimes it's the, the story is written by a man so it's some i think so at least yeah yes i think yeah. we see that a lot when feminism is portrayed by man that sexuality is involved a lot too and of course it doesn't always have to be involved and i think it can be somewhat contradicting in her case too because in the beginning we, we also see like you said she's she's uh, tossed aside by men a lot and, and talked over and there's also the scene where, where she comes home and it seems to be her ritual to be to, to say, um, "Honey, I'm home." Or I forgot, I'm not married, which also makes clear to the viewer that um, for her it's very important. And of course, there's also a stereotype about women is, um, of course, all they care about is getting getting men or getting married, and all that. Mm-hmm. An older stereotype, I'd say. But later on, when when she when she has this uh, when when she has her new persona, Catwoman, and she uses sex in that way. It's not like she's leading on men and then drops them or something, I, I think at least. And in a lot of scenes, we we have the same thing where, where she says, um, uh, the scenes where she later says she lost their lives there and Batman killed her the Penguin killed her and, mm-hmm. and all that. And in uh, all these scenes also, she, she makes sexual innuendos and then yes. she gets dropped as well again.
1: Yes, that's true. That's something so I noticed as well, yeah.
0: I don't think it's actually liberating for her. That's my
1: point. <laughs> or, of course, you could argue that society, the uh, patriarchal society, just is not ready for for this, right? She, the society men keep rejecting her. Even even Batman, who is actually Bruce I mean, who actually is into her in a way. He always yeah. finds uh, reasons uh, not to get too close to her. Although I really like that scene where they have that date at his place, and then yeah. he rushes out. And he tells Alfred that uh, he has to find an excuse. But then she does the same thing. And there you see the yeah. kind of balance, which I really, really like. Because she doesn't really care that Bruce Wayne has even left. Yeah, so right. she's, not, I mean, she's not rejected at this point. Or she doesn't even notice the rejection.
0: And I think it might be a good point that um, they're just not ready, yeah. The
1: the way she she uses it is very... Like her... her Feminism is very uh, upfront in a way. It's not It's not just casual. Like there's this really interesting moment when Selina and Batman uh, or Catwoman and Batman fight on the roof and uh, he, because she's a woman, uh, he does not hit her and then he finally does because it's too yeah. much. And then she goes into this fake voice and says, how could you? I'm a woman. And it's so, I, I like this line so much because she makes clear that this is how people see women, how men see women. And then she she beats back, of course. And then she's, Dropped off the roof anyway, (laughs) right? I think the movie does make a lot of points, and again, especially for a movie from nineteen ninety-two, and I think Michelle Pfeiffer does a great job of playing this character. I'm not sure if the feminism goes as far as it could be. Then again, she does survive in the end, right? The last shot of the movie is her, not that. It's it's kind of both because we see the symbol and we see her face. Um, so it, and this is kind of a heroic moment, I think, which is interesting that the movie still takes her position. I think it takes her quite seriously, and it it, it has all these uh, feminist moments, and she tries to stay in power throughout the movie, even if she doesn't always succeed.
0: I agree, and I think throughout the firm, um, they're definitely good atten- intentions, and I think also for the time. Um, yeah i'd say she's definitely quite uh, the feminist character like the scene where, yep. that you mentioned when when she uh she also toys with the stereotypes around women and that you can hate women and she uses that for herself i think that's a great scene definitely also the scene where she um wounds batman yes beforehand. so that that's the point where she gets close to him um, she penetrates him Right? She penetrates him, right? Yeah, penetration a form of uh, domination, of course. Yes,
1: of course, right? And we see him later, like pulling the claw out of his uh, his belly and so on, and he feels like he he doesn't know how to deal with that, but yeah. he also cannot completely reject her either, right? He he finds that still interesting, and there's this other moment uh, which I think happens later when they also lie on top of each other at some point, and then she licks his face. Which is also again something you don't expect. She licks his like it, you expect that they will kiss, but they don't, and she licks his face. And he's kind. This is something I was really, really surprised to see on the rewatch. He he's kind of um, baffled by this, and then he like he he licks his lips as if he as if he like tries to get something of her taste, which is yeah. really really sexual. Uh, if yeah, you think course. about all of that, while they're wearing their masks and so on. So not not as Selina and Bruce, but as Batman and Catwoman. Uh, a very sexual moment. And uh, maybe the last moment is something, uh, because also the dialogue is so suggestive all the time. For example, there's one moment when uh, Bruce says to Selena, because he had to uh, push her off, he says, no hard feelings, and she says, uh, semi-hard. And again, like yeah. this, is, this is really, 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 really obvious what they are talking about. And there are lines like that throughout the movie, uh, especially from Selena. But also, and again, another segue, even more so by Oswald, by the Penguin. Yeah. He's a very violent character. We said that already. He's instinctively violent. You know, he kills a cat. But he is thinking of sex all the time. Like, he makes so many rude comments about everyone, every woman he sees. He's constantly thinking about sex. Like, he calls Catwoman uh, at one point. He says, that's the pussy I was waiting for. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A very not subtle innuendo here. He he like he he puts like a a, a like a, a badge a mayor's badge on a woman while he he fondles her breast yeah and then he says this very interesting line he puts the badge on this woman he fondles her breast and then he's all by himself and he says oh now I understand becoming a mayor is not about power it's about touching people groping people
0: yeah like all this right is then, his, this yeah. is a
1: revelation oh now if I have power then I can just touch whoever I want which seems like a, a kind of very, very early prophecy for, for, I don't know, like a Trump era politics in a way, right? Because he's like, oh, I can just do whatever I want. No one cares.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's obviously toying a little bit with uh, touching people. So touching mm-hmm. people's heart and, and getting close to them, which of course would be something a mayor could say that it's all about the people. But then, yeah, he, he of course, reveals his character a lot by saying, yeah, groping people. <laughs> he's he's yes. actually meaning physical touch. And, and he
1: makes it clear this is what he wants, this is what he yeah. cares about. He likes that. He likes groping women. That this is fun for him. He seems like horny all the time, which of course is interesting because he people are disgusted by him. We can imagine it's probably not easy for him to get sex. I mean, he has this like his posse that is always with him all the time, but like there's no you don't feel any sexuality between him and all these people who follow him, right? That doesn't seem to be relevant in any way whenever we we talk about him uh, when he talks we we see that's that's what's on his mind like he thinks about sex a
0: lot Uh, but also of course he he expresses that quite confidently which left me quite confused actually because it seems like he knows what he's talking about he seems like um, he's talking like someone who has a lot of experiences or at least acts on it and and just is like a um, misogynist
1: he, yeah, he is a misogynist. And I think uh, what you're referring to is something that we have learned a lot about in the last couple of years since Me Too, is that men um, who uh, take uh, sex by, by violence, by force, very often are confident because they have realized that if people are scared of them, they can get away with it. And that's certainly true for the penguin, right? Because people are scared of him. And he probably didn't have a lot of contact with women before Max Rack came into his life. Um, but I, I think we can imagine that he has. I mean, he, again, he has followers. He has people, and they probably only follow him also because there is a there, there is fear around him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what you see, right? And you see that in those moments when he, when he meets like, in, in quotes, uh, real people, right? And still uses abuses his power for sexual advances.
0: And you can see that his following is just afraid of him. Later, um, for one, um, he shoots one of his uh, people when uh, he doesn't fulfill the job to his mm-hmm. satisfaction and also later then um when something else goes wrong everyone's just walking away when he looks at them because yes. you see he, he's kind of reaching out to 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 be violent with someone and they're all just they, they know him and yes. you know it's better to to not be in a way in that moment
1: yes yeah that's true yes yeah, i i think all of this is it's really fascinating i i think, when you picked that movie, I thought it's interesting because, uh, again, comic book movies, superhero movies are always interesting to talk about uh, how they deal with that. But I was really, really surprised how violent and sexual this movie is. Yeah. Like, again, most of the dialogue revolves around sex, feminism, uh, power dynamics between men and women all the time all 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 the time like the movie is really really full of that and it's actually again even if not everything is successful i think it's quite clever in how it weaves all these ideas uh, into this superhero story so i i'm yeah i was i have to say positively surprised by that oh there's also the moment when uh selena uh, again coming back to selena when she is in the super, uh, in the in the store and she first we had some mannequins yeah so she also like says, oh well, this is not what I care about. Like uh, oh, yeah, uh, female right. bodies displayed for power, and then his two security guards come up, and and they they just smile at her again. Men who are like, oh look, it's a woman. Uh, what 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 bad could she do to us? And then she says something like, uh, well, ah, oh, you typical man, you confuse your uh, guns with your private parts or something like yeah. that. Like, it's very, very on the nose, but it's so well done, I think. And I mean, just imagine kids watching this movie. Of course, this will go over their heads completely, I I, I guess. I guess.
0: Probably, yes. Yeah, of course, there would be exceptions. But what I also think is interesting, what we also could talk about is um, how not only is uh, Selena changed when, when in her alter ego, Catwoman, but also in her usual self, Selena, she's also changed. Yes, it's not the same Selena as before. Yes. You notice that she's not just putting all the trauma she received into Catwoman, yeah. but also it changes everything about her, and she also gets way more confident and talks back, yeah. especially to Max.
1: And she takes what she wants. Right. And she, she, she has more power. Like this is early moment when she meets Batman, when the, when uh, the the chaos ensues on the streets and then she meets Batman and she's fascinated by him and then he's gone. And then she says, Oh, of course, he disappears. Like all the men in my life, which basically says, well, I have no, I have don't, don't have that much power over, over my life or on the men. Uh, and again, yeah, when, she, when her transformation has happened, that's different, right? Then suddenly she, she has the power and she decides who is in her life and who isn't, at least un, un, unless she's thrown out of uh, windows and <laughs> of roofs again and again. Uh, yeah, I want to quote one more thing from the parent's guide, which um, I tried to, <laughs> to do research on, but I couldn't because I just couldn't see it. And this just shows you how uh, precise some people are when they do uh, the, the parent's guide. And that is, it says, when Catwoman is throwing a tantrum in her apartment, she rummages through the wardrobe, taking up plenty of clothes and other accessories. And now this line comes, one of the items you briefly see is underwear. I just love the idea of people thinking they have to warn parents that you see underwear in a movie. And Why again, I, watched, I rewatched watched the scene. I couldn't see any underwear. I mean, maybe it happens, maybe not. But um, I, I love that this is something that uh, parents should be warned about.
0: Yeah, God forbid you see women's underwear.
1: Or underwear at all, right? Let's not talk about that people but, have underwear.
0: But would it be that much of a problem if it was a man's underwear? Probably not. Do, do you yeah, you're so? probably right. I think it's, it's not like... Um, that much of a thing to to see like boxes or trunks or anything like that. It's, it's not a huge deal. Also to see men in their trunks. But of course, if, if you see a woman in underwear, I mean, it always has been quite different. Yes,
1: you're, you're probably right.
0: Okay, is there any other violent or sexual moment that, you, uh,
1: that comes to your mind that uh, we haven't talked about yet? We talked about a lot and there are a lot, but I, I, I still want to make sure that we don't forget something important.
0: I don't think any come to mind No.
1: Okay. Me neither. I think uh, I looked at my notes. I think we have most of it. This is, a, again, it's a violent movie. It's a sexual movie. Um, it's rated PG-13. It's rated 12 in Germany. Okay. I have a, a couple of questions for our final section here. And uh, the first one is, could you imagine this movie at a different rating? So this movie being more explicitly violent or sexual so that it would have like a, a an R rating or a 16 rating? Or less violent less sexual so that it'd be actually for kids could you imagine any of these versions that that they would work
0: um yeah both definitely i mean i also like the like it the way it is um i think there there's an interesting balance and i mean there already is a lot i mean batman is called the dark knight after all he he is um the vigilante of course like you said all superheroes are basically vigilantes um with with some exceptions i mean the, the avengers are official superheroes mm-hmm. they get employed, at least later on they get employed and um but of course batman is this dark vigilante he's different he is violent and so in that matter i could definitely imagine it and less violent maybe less actually maybe maybe less so <laughs> less violent and less sexual I,
1: I think i agree because now that i realized and we talked about it how how full the movies of sexual uh, dialogue and and also a lot of violence I think the movie would look very, very different if it tried to be not as sexual and not as violent. I think it would be a completely different movie. I mean, again, the whole opening with the Penguin, his death too, by the way, that we haven't talked about, Max Shrek's death. Like all of this stuff, there's so much stuff that we would have to change to make it. And that would not be the same movie at all, I, I think. I think it would be really, really hard. I, I mentioned before that there are different versions of this movie. So there are some mm-hmm. few versions where, where things were cut out, and I, I don't want to I don't I don't want to hold back in telling you what was cut out. Uh, so one thing in there it says there is a South Korean uh, VHS edition of Batman Returns mm-hmm. that cuts out the whole transformation of Selina, okay. which is insane because like how do you even understand the movie if you don't see that scene, right? That makes no sense at all.
0: It's difficult. I mean, you, you see a couple of scenes later where uh, you see that they are the same person, but I think it could go right over your head, especially if you don't pay uh, close attention to those scenes.
1: I mean, of course you see her in her apartment and and like making her costume and everything, right? I mean, that will probably still yeah. be there. But again, right, yeah. it says six minutes were cut, six minutes. That's a lot of time.
0: Also um, in that scene, I'm not sure if you noticed and I'm not sure what you make of it exactly, but um, in the beginning when we see her apartment, there's this neon sign. Yes. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, please
1: go on. I love this. Yeah,
0: mom. it says, I think, hello there, just... Yeah, hello there. Like, he There's a lot
1: of kittens, you know, toy and kittens the whole around. Pink. Yes. Kind of a cute apartment.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely cute. And she has um, like this pyjama, which is also like, yes. um, it, it looks kind of childish, actually. And, yes. And that's yes. her whole persona in, in yes. the beginning is also quite childish and not quite uh, emancipated yet. Yes. Later on, uh, when you, you see her transformation and how she, uh, she sews her new suit, and uh, you see that she, she trashes the neon side, neon lights, and the O and the,
1: the T are gone.
0: Exactly, yeah. And it's just hell here or something like that.
1: Yeah. Hell here. That's what hell it says here. when her transformation is complete. That's what we see in the background. It just says hell here and then she goes out and stops rapists and stops violent men from doing terrible things to to women
0: so like i said i wasn't exactly sure what to make of it except of course the only nose thing that um of course before it was hell on earth for her
1: yeah but she did try to keep up like uh, the illusion that things could be better and nice and cute and pretty right that's what her and 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 but she, she, she has to let go. She's forced to let go of her childish persona, right? Of her immature persona. And when she becomes mature, she also sees the world in a different way and in a more bitter, disillusioned way, yeah. right? And then it looks more and like cynical. Yeah. She is active, she does something, right? She becomes powerful and she tries to make the world better in a way. But the way she sees the world is not positive, which yeah. of course is very similar to Batman who does not have a positive view on the world even if he tries to make it better.
0: Which we get perfectly portrayed later on in a scene where they both talk in their um, regular personas. So Bruce yes. Wayne and uh, Selina, they both talk to each other about um, how disturbed they both are and, and yeah. about their psychological issues and that it's been hard for them to deal, or it's, hard, it's been hard for other people to deal, to deal with them Mm-hmm. and she also talks about that and she also talks about all that in a very cynical way and you notice that something definitely is different with her and she, she's all grim and also I think you can see the, the mental trauma yeah. in that moment very yeah. well
1: definitely yeah and you see it in both of them which I think is also what the movie yeah. does quite well to show uh, I mean, Batman doesn't show up for a long, long time when the movie starts. Yeah. right It takes a long time until we actually see him. and then we see him sitting in his dark mansion brooding, uh, brooding again. Um, and we see like he does not have a happy life at all, right? So they are very similar, and you see the trauma as well yeah that's very interesting okay the other thing uh, that is cut or was cut in many versions of this movie for example in the uk is something completely different And a moment we have not talked about it's the mm-hmm. moment when catwoman puts some spray paint cans in a microwave to cause an explosion that was cut in many versions right. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine that this was cut so that kids especially would not imitate that. That this is how yeah, you can okay. cause explosions. <laughs> not because it's too violent, but because it, it might actually be, have been considered uh, too too dangerous to have this in a movie.
0: That is plausible and I think also makes sense. I'm not sure if I would miss the scene. I'm not sure what to make of that scene either. So
1: well, I mean, I mean, she she as uh, she uh, destroys. I mean, when we see her destroy her apartment, she does a similar thing to this uh, store, to the the mall where she's in, right? Like I said, the mannequins and so on and so on. And I think she just wants to. This is her expression of the anger she has at this world, at this cruel, yeah. violent world that treats her the way she was treated, right? And I think that's that's her expression. And I mean, when she comes out of the store, it's the time when all three of these outcasts meet for the first time. When the Penguin and Batman stand there and see her and both stop in what they're doing because they see Catwoman. And then she, I forgot what she says. She has like a clever line and then everything explodes. Um, So she has like, (laughs) yeah, a a cool moment here by destroying what she sees as harmful, maybe.
0: This badass moment almost, right?
1: Yes, it's definitely a badass moment for her. Uh, It's it's a very cool moment, but uh, I guess some people thought showing how this is possible is something that had to be uh, cut out.
0: And again, I, I kind of get that. Yeah, it could be dangerous uh, considering the, the rating.
1: Uh, another moment that was cut out was a clown swinging nunchucks. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <But> <laughs> um, that-
0: I think I can shed light on that, actually, because um, in a lot of countries, nunchucks are uh, actually forbidden. In Germany, too. Interesting. So n- nunchucks are not allowed, and it's also illegal to, uh, to craft nunchucks yourself. Um, they're considered an illegal weapon in Germany.
1: So, some versions had to cut this so that kids wouldn't say, Oh, I want some nunchucks. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, cool. Okay, which brings us to the uh, final section of our episode, um, which is uh, I'm really curious how this will work, and I want to try something. Uh, and again, if this doesn't work, I would just cut it out. Uh, I want to try to give some. Uh, we talk about ratings. We talked about ratings in the beginning. Uh, I want to try to give this movie and every movie I'll discuss here on this podcast a kind of sex violence rating. So on a scale of one to ten, ten meaning a lot, one meaning not much. How? explicit would you say is the sex and violence in this movie on a scale of one to ten
0: okay um so ten probably also being seeing like graphic sex scenes
1: ten being very explicit one being not explicit at all and we we combine sex and violence now to not make it too complicated
0: so ten could probably be like uh game of thrones just to, to give a scale to, to that sense of two cents. That would
1: the probably make sense, yeah. I think Game of, giving Game of Thrones a 10 would be a justifiable rating. But again, it's very subjective, uh, and you're the guest, you get to decide. Uh, this is, of course, all highly scientific. Um, <laughs>
0: of course, yeah.
1: So uh, just, like, w- w- what do you think? What are your thoughts? How explicit okay. is it be in its sex and violence?
0: I mean, I always uh, think in a 1, a one to 10 ratio, can't really, of course... Of course. Yeah, you, you can, can show everything. I'd say maybe... Like a seven, actually, seven or eight, quite okay. high, definitely quite high. Okay, I would, I would, I
1: think I would go more for seven than eight, but yeah, it is more explicit than you probably would think. Okay, yeah. then uh, the next category I four category is, um, how intense would you say is the sex and violence, even if it's not explicit, but how intense is it?
0: Violence, more intense, sex, not that much, I think, because when, when, we, when we're talking intense, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about suspension, and like I said, there's this moment with. Uh, Max Shrek when, when mm-hmm. he tries to kill Selena, definitely intense. So violence, it's more intense. Um the sex, I couldn't think of anything that would strike me as particularly intense. So I'd say
1: it's mostly I mean, dialogue that is it's mostly that dialogue, is exactly. Right? And even that is a bit subtle. So yeah, I would agree. It's subtle and it's also we didn't talk yeah. about the bird in Selena's mouth.
0: <laughs> Which actually was a real bird, right?
1: I, I wouldn't know how else they would have done it, actually, because yeah. at this time you could not do this with computer effects. That's a, a wild moment. Anyway, sorry, which ho- hopefully no one sees as sexual. <laughs>
0: yeah, so what's the rating
1: so for intensity?
0: Um, I'd say maybe like a five or even four. I would uh, Before I wanted to say a five or six, I, uh, but now I'd say four or five.
1: Uh, then I would uh, uh, vote for five because I think there are some very intense moments yeah, um, again, maybe more, but I think it's more the explicitness that is surprising, not so much the intensity. But again, it depends. Uh, and it's very subjective. OK, yeah. then something, another category. How much would you argue is the sex and violence connected uh, thematically within the movie? So what the movie wants to say, like the question basically is how much is sex and violence used for, for, for fun or for entertainment? Or how much is it actually integral to what story it wants to tell?
0: Um, I'd say it's quite integral. Um, definitely uh so maybe about a seven two again we discussed it already um sex yeah. is like a liberating factor for cat women uh, mm-hmm. sex also um tells us, tells us about the character of uh, oswald um we we draw some connections to rapists and also other um, misogynists so it's really important and yeah. violence i'd say as well um, Yeah.
1: I think we argued for a high rating, actually. I would actually mean yeah. maybe even go to eight. Uh, because yeah. I think uh, the themes are very, very connected to... Th- I think the you could argue that. Uh- ...sex and violence. Okay. And the last category, uh, which brings us all the way back to the beginning and the title of this podcast. Would you say this movie should be recommended for children or not? And uh, a 10 in this case would be no, because uh, <laughs> we, if we rate everything high, that means it's not very recommended for children. And one would be, yes, you can recommend this for children.
0: I mean, children is uh, a very broad term. I'd say, of course, um, children can be uh, uh, between one to one and twelve years. I'd say, of so. course, and there can
1: be different levels of maturity and so on and so on. So exactly. let's just, in the broadest, most general sense, like again, uh, just so that we have some kind of idea.
0: I think with that one is really difficult. I I can't wholeheartedly give this a rating. I would say.
1: <laughs> okay, then uh, th- th- that's fair. I think it is difficult, it's maybe the most difficult category. And I, Alan um, Moore, again, I mentioned him before. I once wrote something very interesting where he said that he thinks children should be allowed to watch and consume anything as long as um, they are not alone with it. So yeah. if, if parents sit sit with them or or adults, responsible adults, and talk to them and uh, help them to deal with what they are seeing, anything would be okay. I can't imagine that this is an argument that not everyone would follow, right? Because there are a lot of movies, a lot of stories that are, uh, whose sexual and violent content is disturbing even for adults. So maybe that's something that children just cannot deal with. I, I still like the idea a lot uh, that actually recommended for children is, is kind of weird. Kind of the idea of this podcast is also to make a little bit of fun of that, right? The parents guide. So uh, I, I would say um, if you watch that movie, I think children actually can can take something away from this movie and can learn something from this movie. It might be disturbing, um, but I think children, um, yeah, I, I think it could be beneficial for children to actually watch this film in one way or another. Again, under the circumstance that they're not alone with it. I think if they're alone with it, it could be quite disturbing.
0: And I think that's exactly the point. And I, and I definitely agree with Adam Moore there. Even movies which don't really reflect on the way they use violence, there's a number of them. As long as someone is uh, with the child and, and explaining to them um, what's happening and how it's not reflecting, and maybe um, also give counter examples uh, on how you should behave. Definitely, I, I I'm not a huge fan of um, making of of giving taboos and all that. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. Definitely. And this yeah.
1: opinion has not changed, even if I was traumatized as a child by many movies <laughs> I've watched. Uh, but again, my main problem was that my parents did not talk about me about any of this. Uh, that would have helped. And even as a father, I would still I still stick with that uh, uh, pretty much, pretty much. Okay, but we need we need a number uh, because we need a rating. So I would say I would give this uh, because I think again, if the, if if children watch this all by themselves, I think it can be quite disturbing and could be traumatizing actually. Um, maybe I would go for a five or six
0: that's fair yeah considering what we just talked about yeah that's fair um just one thing i also want to add that i'm not necessarily of the opinion that parents always need to be with the children to counteract i think uh, a good um, a good education and a good upbringing um even if the parents aren't there at the moment of watching the movie as long as mm-hmm. in other moments um, they are counteracting and teaching about violence and uh, mm-hmm. about empathy, especially empathy, so important. And I think they can counteract. At least that was uh, that was my experience, my childhood.
1: I would argue that, yes, you're right. I think what's important is that the children know they can talk about it if they want to and that they're not judged for having seen a movie that maybe is not appropriate for their age or something like that. I think that is really, really important that they're not afraid to say, hey, hey, I've watched this horror movie or something like that. And their parents say, "Okay, let's talk about it. How was it for you or something like that? I think that's that's key to that. Uh, Yeah, you're right. You're, You're right once if or once you have children we can talk again of course um, that's what i have to say as a parent but i'm still i actually again yeah as a parent of I course still agree, i still agree with that uh, i have made a lot of experience uh, with that and i i think i i, I still agree with that that's my okay, pre-child but, uh, opinion Uh, we have a rating of 25. I don't know if this is high, 25 or 40 is relatively high for a comic book uh, superhero movie. But I think for this movie, uh, for a movie that features brooding, dark violence, I think that is uh, appropriate, whatever that means. So this uh, yeah, finishes our uh, very, very fun discussion. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, I, I think this was very insightful and interesting. And yeah, thanks for for your insights. Um, is there anything uh, anything you want to add, or anything you want to plug, maybe, or anything uh, any final uh, final comments from you?
0: I think we've discussed everything actually. And yeah, once again, thank you for having me. It was great. I had of course, lots of fun. Yeah,
1: uh, maybe you can come back in the future. Uh, however, this will go, and I will I will ask you. Yeah, again, thanks thanks a lot. And um, uh, yeah, that uh, that was our episode. And next week, we are going to discuss the movie Bound by the Wachowskis. I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel
0: so much yummier.